Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about FKTs, fastest known times here in New England. Particularly, we're going to be talking about the Presidential Traverse, which is a iconic New Hampshire route that has gotten extremely competitive over the past few years. And today, joining me, I've got Ben Thompson. Ben is a local athlete. He lives just 15 minutes away from me, but he has been getting after it and he's had an, a really successful recent effort on the Presidential Traverse that has resulted in a bit of controversy. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Thanks for joining me. Here is Ben Thompson. How's it going, Ben? It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, just nice day and, you know, I went out and planted some carrots in the garden. <laughs> no run today or did you already get in? Uh, I got a run in this morning. I think I might get another short thing in this evening. I was browsing your Strava yeah. earlier today and I was like, wow, this guy, uh, he runs a lot. You're like the king of the fells. You go down there, the Middlesex fells like every day. Well, yeah. I mean, I live about uh, less than a minute run from the fells. So I just sort of go in the woods with the dog and enjoy myself. I'm it's... jealous, man. I mean, we're locals, so I should probably do some form of introduction if we're already starting this podcast. But <laughs> I like to do these pretty casual as just like a long form conversation and let people kind of listen along. So joining me today is uh, Ben Thompson, who is uh, a local local guy to me. We're just like, you're in Medford, right? Yep. Yeah, so I'm in Tewksbury. Just north of Boston. I'm in Tewksbury. We're about, I don't know, 15 minutes apart, I think. Yeah. And uh, Ben uh, is locally the guy who gets after it. <laughs> You've got the, so you had the FKT on the Middlesex Fells at the, on the Skyline Trail, right? That was last year? Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I worked on that. That was a project last spring. And before that was uh, Ben, ben Nephews had that right for a really long time as i recall yeah there was a race on the trail way back in 1999 and he won the race and had the uh the trail the loop record for a long time and i think it slowly got actually a little harder because the the loop got rerouted at a couple spots so i think it's a little bit longer now too yeah was that wasn't the tark race way back then was it I don't think it was a Tark race. I think I think it was something else. Uh, there's like one mention of it somewhere deep in the internet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so what I want to talk to you about today is your recent effort uh, up in the White Mountains. So we're Massachusetts residents and, you know, it's, it's frowned upon for us to go up to the Whites, but we love it up there. Uh, and Ben uh, did something special on, was it March 23rd, right? So yeah. that morning, you woke up at 5 a.m. and you decided that you were going to, well, you probably woke up way before that because you had to drive or you went the, the night before and camped. But you decided to attempt something uh, on the Prezi Traverse in New Hampshire. And I've got view, I've got listeners and viewers all over, all over the world, basically. So uh, in, a, in a few minutes, could you just give us the, the download of what the Prezi Traverse is? Yeah, I mean... When you imagine big, tall mountains, I feel like you you sort of, I have this picture of being above treeline. And you go out west in the U.S. and there's all this alpine terrain. Out here on the east coast, there's really only one stretch where you can go for 10 miles above the trees, and that's the Prezi Traverse. It's this range of mountains, gets up to about uh, 62, 88 feet on Mount Washington, but there's just a series of mountains along this ridge, and it's all above 4,500 feet. There's uh, low scrub. There's you know uh, tons of really really rough rock. It's a beautiful place. It's just super unique as far as the northeastern U.S. is concerned. Um, yeah, it's gnarly. And, we could just say it's gnarly. <laughs> yeah, I think like uh, I think that's a. I've had some West Coast friends come out from like California and Arizona, and um, I've taken them up like uh, Madison, and it's such a system shock to people who aren't from, you know, they oh it's a four thousand whatever four thousand feet, but you get up there and you've got these boulders just stacked <laughs> with the trailblaze right on top of it, saying you're going this way, uh, and it's just like that whole stretch from Mad Madison. For people who don't know, all of the, 
the presidential range is named after uh, presidents. Shocker. So we've got Madison, Jefferson, uh, Adams, George Washington, uh, Monroe, Eisenhower, Pierce, and Jackson. However, Jackson's not part of the tra- traverse, right? Uh, I feel the like standard. there's there's the, the FKT route or the standard Prezi traverse, and it sort of skips some of it. You know, if you were trying to, like, set up the most aesthetic, beautiful ridge traverse, you'd probably actually include those peaks. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh-huh. Jackson's pretty cool, actually, down the end there. Um, totally. Yeah. So, Webster Cliff is you know, not not named after a president, but also super cool area. Yeah, there's some good ice climbing in there too. You've you've tried that a couple of times, right? Uh, I've only been ice climbing once, top rope. It was a uh, it was an interesting adventure. <laughs> I I would try it again, but I think I would stick to you know very tame. Uh, top rope with very experienced people <laughs> <laughs> i'll take you out sometime although it's been a while sweet <laughs> let's do it uh so the the prezi traverse the standard route chops off those last couple of mountains and the route in total is approximately 18 miles right and nine thousand feet of gain um and yeah i'd say 18 miles i i think the the gain is a little lower when you go south to north the north the, south, the southern end is actually about 600 feet higher okay so when i ran it uh when i ran it last month i actually i went that direction yeah um, i thought that was an interesting choice because i always thought the fastest way was north to south so you get the brutal like agonizing boulders out of the way and you can kind of cruise for the rest. It almost feels like the rest of it's downhill after when you're going north to south, even though it's definitely not yeah. Downhill. No, I I think you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think in the summer, north to south is pretty darn competitive. Like south to north, sure, it's a little bit less elevation gain, but the descents are just so much easier when you're going north to south. You know, yeah. you have a little bit more climbing, but you can just really cruise on some of those downhills. In the winter, though, my sort of my hypothesis was, I mean, I think we're going to get into this, but I did this in snowy conditions. And so the rocks are sort of not an issue anymore. Yeah. And so my my sort of guess was, hey, you know, maybe those steep, technical, really rocky descents won't matter so much anymore. And actually, it's better to go the direction that has a little bit less elevation gain. So I have so many questions about this. <laughs> uh, so when I, looking at it, uh, you know, when you say winter's faster, in my head, I immediately say there's no way. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. First of all, like maybe, I don't know, maybe uphill seems almost like it could be faster because you're not scrambling um, specifically like on the going up next to the cog. Uh, going up George, you know, up Washington. I, I feel like that part could potentially be a little bit quicker because you're not dealing with all the boulder and scree. Uh, so you could kind of just muscle up and, and kind of just go straight. Uh, but the downhills almost seem like dangerous, like cruising, like running downhill on a snowfield. That's at a pretty good angle. <laughs> I think I think the one place I... I... On your uphill comment, I think I, I think I would go the other direction. I think it's a little bit slower uphill in the winter, hmm. even if you get really good conditions. Just because you know you've got the slope, and so your your foot like on the slope is uh, how do I? Yeah. Your foot <laughs> on the slope is like it, you you can't put your heel down. So there's sort of a little bit of uh, loss of energy there. Whereas like it's almost like a staircase in the summer. Like you can always get a really good platform running uphill in the summer. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, So I think you lose like a few, you know, a few percentage points of energy that way. Like I I know just like, I think I was probably in the best shape of my life last month when I tried this. And yet like there were climbs where I was definitely, you know, a few percentage points slower than I would have done that in the summer last summer when I was probably a little bit less fit. So I think there's a little bit loss of loss uphill. The downhill thing, I think it really depends on conditions. So yeah, if it's like a sheet of ice, there are a lot of, there are several spots on the Prezi Traverse where it gets a little hairy. I think the the main one that's really sticks out in people's mind is the Jefferson Snowfield. Yeah. So there's this section on sort of the north side of Jefferson where there's a continuous snowfield going all the way down to Edmonds Cole. 
And like the bottom third of that, there's actually, you're sort of traversing the snow field and there's a steep drop off to your right. Um, in slick conditions, that's a pretty nasty spot. And I actually often encourage people if they're doing it in the winter to go up a little higher and take a, take a line that's sort of not technically on the trail. That's a little bit left of this boulder, uh, this like sort of rock outcropping. Cause you get actually a much safer, safer descent route. Mm. The day I was doing it, by the time I hit that spot, it was, it was kind of soft and really grippy conditions and there were enough tracks from other people that i had like a pretty i think a pretty safe route down that so this whole Um, the the, this whole doing it in the winter it was a very intentional thing right i mean you 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 went out looking for a specific kind of terrain and you were targeting an fkt this wasn't like I might go do a Prezi Traverse and, you know, maybe it'll go well today. Maybe it won't. You, you had the, in your mind, you're like, I'm going to go all out today and see if I can, if I can snag it. Yeah. So like back in 2018, I went for a run up in the Prezi's in the winter and I just got these amazing conditions. It was like mind blowing, you know, the snow was so perfectly packed hard, but still really grippy. I could like run anywhere. I didn't need to stay on the trail where people's tracks were. I could just go any direction and it was just, you know, fast and lovely and like blue skies. And that sort of got like, I was just thinking while I was doing that, wow, you know, maybe the Prezi Traverse, like in the right winter conditions would just be super fast in the winter. And so I, I sort of had this in the back of my mind for a while. And then this this winter, I was like, I'm going to train for this and do it. And I wasn't really, at first, I wasn't really sure what I was looking for in terms of conditions. I tried once in like late February and ended up with like this really nasty breakable crust where, you know, the uphills were fine. But as soon as I started running downhill, you've got a little bit more force. So my foot would punch through and then this like razor sharp ice edge would just dig into my shin. So I sort of gave up. I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get my shins bloody trying to do this. Um, I think uh, what you just mentioned about the the ability to go all over the trail, we're going to talk about a lot that that a lot more in a little bit. But for people listening in the in the White Mountains and in, in kind of all of New England, I think um, Alpine areas and vegetation is is extremely rare. So up in the presidential range, we've got um, species of plants and stuff that don't exist anywhere else in our area. So in the summer and springtime and fall, we're encouraged to stay on the trail. No bushwhacking allowed uh, above tree line. Uh, But in the winter, you've got several feet of snow on the ground. So it's kind of a free for all at that point. And that's where Ben uh, tried to take advantage of the situation. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. so you went up there, you, you, you went up there on May 23rd and here's the kicker. The, the best part about this, I saw your Strava activity and I was like, holy crap, that's fast. But then I saw a picture of your dog. You brought your dog, Ben. <laughs> when I yeah, think, when I think uh... FKT, I think leave the dog home and focus on your own well-being during that trip. But you took the dog. That's amazing. Yeah, well, this was uh, this was Wish's seventh FKT, <laughs> so she she has some experience. Oh man, there needs um, to be a new FKT board for for canines. Briefly, there was. Um, uh, Jeff LeBlanc was like made it as sort of a joke. Of course, but I think the domain, but I think the domain name expired, so it's uh, <laughs> it's over now. <laughs> the age of dog FKTs has ended, uh, or just begun. <laughs> you could be the the um, pioneer in this space, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I so so one thing that I I think I haven't mentioned yet is I went up the day before and tried to hit the route at exactly the time that I thought it would be best. So I wanted to see sort of exactly what the conditions would be like. So I was trying to like, by by this point I had figured out that the conditions that I wanted were sort of a spring freeze thaw cycle. So you get that thaw, the snow gets a little wet and then overnight it freezes really solid and really supportive and you can stand on it and not sink in. Mm. And so we got this, this weather sequence where it was like five days of good freeze thaw in a row. 
And so the day before I was going to go for it, I went up to Mount Clay. So like along the Cog Railway, it's just sort of the, the, the shortest route up to really get up on the Prezi Ridge. Um, so I didn't want to tire myself out or anything, but I wanted to get up there and see what the, what the conditions were like. And I brought Wish, my dog, for that, for just the exploration jaunt. And I mean, in the winter, I'm like often sort of on the fence about having her above treeline because it's often pretty icy or, you know, and yeah. like I can have spike, I can have some spikes on my feet, but the dog just has feet. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but she was doing fine the day before. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to bring her. And like, she had a great time. I mean, it's, it's just physically, I think wish is so much more capable than i am that it's like i'm working all out and she's just sort of having a jolly time like <laughs> wait how, like, so how old running is, up a, how old is wish she's four years old now okay so in her prime uh, yeah exactly exactly she's she's sort of become less crazy over the last year and a half and so i sort of forget that she keeps getting stronger because she does <laughs> Like, you know, when she was two, she would demonstrate how strong she was all the time. And now she doesn't really. But at the same time, like, you know, when I'm 14 miles into a Prezi Traverse and she's just sort of running up ahead and like sticking her tongue out and waiting for me, I'm like, uh, okay, this is just a chill outing for you. And I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> so, funny. uh, now, I now I have, I have a lot of thoughts on the dog thing, but maybe we shouldn't get too into that. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm actually, I'm interested because, um, you know, I've hiked a lot. I've done a Prezi with my dog um, when he was younger. He's he's 10 now, so he's not really doing Prezi's anymore. But uh, in, in those situations, I find myself slowing down a lot because he needs a lot of water. You know, maybe he's hungry or he gets distracted, smells something. How did you handle all of that with Wish? Yeah, I think she's... She's always been a funny dog in that I think she just has a lot of running motivation. Like, there's a forward drive. It's normally not, I think it just depends on the dog. It's normally not an issue to sort of have to slow down for her. It's more like she wants me to speed up. <laughs> That's um, funny. In the summer, yeah, like I do need to be very careful with water. I mean, she's a pretty heavily uh, coated dog, so she gets pretty hot. And I'm really careful about that. But winter time, I mean, it's kind of funny. She she sort of rejects liquid water in the winter. She prefers to eat the snow. I'm not sure how <laughs> this how this behavior developed, but like, you know, we're just up there. I, I carry like uh, I carry some salami for her and toss her some bits occasionally, and like she eats some snow, and it's just sort of a uh, a fun time. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, so you and Wish are up there, you're cruising along. Uh, so now I want to talk about what gear, this is another thought when I looked at your FKT and, you know, ultimately a discussion that came from this that we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, I thought, first of all, in the winter, usually you gotta have some sort of like backup gear or like emergency, some level of emergency margin there, maybe a first aid kit or, you know, uh, your phone or an extra layer or even like a mylar blanket or whatever did you have any of that stuff with you i don't want so to get you in trouble for, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i had a uh uh the inreach mini with me so okay. that's sort of a, a very very last ditch backup um i had a few people who knew what the plan was and what the times were and where i was heading Though I actually didn't see anybody on the ridge because oh, wow. of the early hour, the early hour where I started. Um, I actually, I think I got going at like 5.15 or 5.30 a.m. Your Strava says um, 5.28 for the record. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> you know better than I do, apparently. Um, yeah, I had, uh, I had a shell with me. I had, um, I had some gloves which i actually didn't wear so remember this freeze thaw cycle like it was quite quite warm when i was running i think 45 or so that's well, not bad for being um, up there yeah i think i had a little over a liter of water mixed with uh mixed with uh oh shoot 
Tailwind or uh, one something? of the powders. Tailwind, yeah, that that there you go. And then uh, my standard like shot blocks. Uh, I had my phone. Um, so not that much, but at the same time, I think like in the context of like a beautiful zero wind, uh, fifty degree day, the uh, the conditions are not the sort of winter prezi conditions that you normally think of, where it's like. 40 mile an hour winds and sub-zero wind chills and yeah. you know i i had my sleeves rolled up and like uh you know i was sunning myself up there it was kind of crazy <laughs> <laughs> so, i think i think that the the, the theme here might continue, keep being you know if you want to run the prezi in the winter it's just it's a uh, really try to choose a good day i think that the yeah. good days do exist but bad days also are much more common yeah i feel like that's any of the four thousand like left the the franconia ridge uh the prezi traverse even like musalaki musalaki could be considered a little dangerous um where people make a mistake is they always like put on the calendar hike day presidential traverse and then that day comes and it's like a total it's like 200 mile per hour winds at the top of Washington. I think you're better off like preparing to be like maybe camp that day or just be have a, a week segment where you say that's the hike week when I'm going to do my traverse. And so that's kind of what yeah, you, or did, you just right? have a you just have a below tree line backup. That's a that's a decent option too. like it's very I feel like it's very rare for actually the, the below tree line conditions to be dangerous. It's true. Yeah. The, the one I would yeah. the one I would point to there is death rain, which is just what I call it when it's like 33 degrees and pouring rain. <laughs> that is the worst. The, the, the worst the worst outside weather possible is rain. And anywhere between 33 and 40 degrees. I hate that. The absolute worst. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I like in those conditions. I'm actually like sometimes mildly afraid going into the fells all alone. Like <laughs> nobody's out there. If I like break my ankle and I'm lying there, I'm just going to like, I'm going to be like a half mile from home and just be screaming <laughs> like, help, help. The, the Prezi Traverse uh, guy is stuck in the, the fells. Yeah. Uh, so let's yeah. let's get to the meat of the story here. Um, the the day went pretty successful for you, right? Uh, can you tell us what was your time when you hit your stop on on the watch at um, what would it be Valleyway uh, Trailhead? Uh, wh what did you see when you looked down? I think it was three thirty two and some seconds, like <sighs> thirty seconds or so. It's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. For context, uh, I'm no elite at all but my fastest prezi traverse ever was eight hours and i felt extremely like wow i can't believe i did that so you did this in three hours and 32 minutes that is um mind-blowing that's mind-blowing stuff but this that that range just gets so much more competitive every year that goes by it's it's unreal to see what you guys are doing like um uh, jordan and, and pat karen and you guys are just crushing up there so uh amazing stuff uh, so here's where the controversy starts. You, you get that amazing time and then you go and you post it on the FKT forums uh, where if you're listening and you don't know what these are, there's a website where you can call the fastest known time. And Peter Backwin in uh, Buzz, uh, what's the, the Burrell? The Burrell. There's, I know his name. Uh, he, they both moderate it and they're, um, there's just a bunch of awesome uh, FKTs on there and athletes and people just talking back and forth. It's a really positive community place. Um, so you posted your FKT there and what happened then? <laughs> well, so for uh, for context, I uh, there's one, in one place in particular where I uh, was pretty far off of the normal summer route. So when you're going up Mount Washington from the south, the Crawford Path, which is the normal route people take, it sort of swings around the western edge of the mountain and then sort of follows a ridge up that way. Yep. Um, I was just sort of running along and like, hey, I'm out here for a winter prezi, so, uh, well, there's snow everywhere. I'm just going to take like a straight line up. <laughs> um, but this sort of cuts, you know... I'd say a little over a tenth of a mile off the route. Yeah, um, I saw your total. Point, 
your total mileage was 17.7 ish. And I think like the standard is usually 18. So it looks like you, you, you're shy by three tenths of a mile, but that like, that's hard to judge in such a, um, you know, the, the tracks are all over the place kind of, um, on those trails. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like you shaved that much distance off by, by bypassing certain areas, but you also took advantage of the winter conditions in that in the whites, you don't have to stay on the trail, um, by just shooting straight up the mountain. So, yeah, the, the funny thing with that Washington, uh, sort of straight line route, I think it was actually slower. Like the, <laughs> the thing about the, the sort of standard trail route is that it had, uh, you know, five or six sets of tracks. So people had packed it a little bit. And even though I was up there on a really good day where the snow conditions were just sort of perfect and I could run wherever, there was a little bit better traction where uh, where it was packed out. And so uh, I'd actually run the route like two weeks beforehand, also basically all out and uh, as like attempt number two. And I compared the times on the two of them because the the second time I ran it, uh, the that split I actually went about thirty seconds faster, even though I followed the normal trail. Hmm. Whereas this this uh, this final time, I was a little slower on that section. So actually, I, I sort of I sort of cut cut the route short, but didn't really get the uh, the faster time as a reward, which is sort of funny. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Now, when you're doing this, like when you're actually on the trail and you knew, well, the trail's over there, but I know I can go this way quicker. In your mind, did you think, uh, I might run into an issue with this um, you know, once I post it online? Yeah, I thought there was some chance. Um, I wasn't really worried about that because yeah. I just wanted to like, like this is sort of, I wanted to run a winter prezi. Yeah. And like, it's, it's just like part of that is, you know, oh, I can just go wherever I want. I want to go like straight up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's okay. I mean, it, it's, yeah. Like and it, the, the FKT post ended up getting flagged, which like, I think they, they made a reasonable decision. There's sort of, I feel like there were two directions you could go with this. One would be to sort of treat it more like some of the big mountain FKTs. You know, like if you look at a Rainier FKT, like there's no route. It's, it's yeah. if you start from Camp Muir and get to the summit, like however you did that, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, but then on the other other hand, like most FKTs are not like that. There's a specific route that you need to follow this and you need to follow that specific route. Yeah. In the winter, the Prezi feels a little bit more like that. Uh, I don't know. It feels a little bit more to me like that mountain route where it's like you kind of go here and you go there but the exact route you take doesn't really matter yeah but at the same time i totally understand the the decision they they ended up making which is just for the for purposes of like fair competition we need to have everybody precisely following uh the summer trail yeah and i think so, that that's, that's so, fine so the the reason it was flagged is that you didn't stay on the exact course that everyone else has done um, and yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess like, where's the tolerance factor, you know, like <laughs> some, you know, some guys GPS watch might be way less accurate than another guy's. And in that case, could something be flagged? You know, there, there's a lot, it's yeah, such a it's... variable that I guess in your case, it's pretty obvious because when the trail has kind of switchbacks going up um washington and all, you just have a straight line <laughs> that's like well he definitely just went straight up the mountain but it's not like yeah, yeah like, and I, mean, I i wrote about it too like i i think i don't think anybody's at the moment at least going for these in a way that like they're gonna try to cheat yeah. or at least i hope they're not. like i i sort of wrote a little section in my run report that was like hey here are the places where i did things differently uh you know do what you will with that i think I think this was a great run. I'm, I'm like happy with it. Uh, yeah, I, I did, read, I read through I did your, a little uh, bit of a different route. I read through your report. Um, if anybody listening wants to read that, I will put it in the show notes. So um, definitely check that out. It's really, really detailed. You spent a lot of time on that. Um, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, that's that's very interesting that um, decided to be flagged. I almost think I when I looked at it, I was like, well, maybe there should be a winter FKT because it's such a competitive area that it almost makes sense to split it into winter and and summer uh, or winter and off season, I guess you would say. But it doesn't seem like that's something they want to do. Yeah, I think there's there's a at least a I my impression is there's a decision just sort of system wide that they want to keep things uh, route based rather than time of year based because like I mean if you think about the Prezi I th- that can get a little weird like you can have days in late December some years where it's there's no snow up there yeah. <laughs> it's just super I mean, cold. It's, it's weird and like and we're we're all sort of pissed off about it like where's the snow but it does happen yeah um true. and so sort of what is the definition of a winter run that just sort of gets into a whole can of worms that i think they've decided not to open i guess you just call um, it a snowy winter a snowy traverse <laughs> and not a not a dry yeah. traverse well, they did actually split the route in a different way, though, because I went north, south to north, and uh, almost all of the previous FKTs had been north to south. So they actually did split the route into a southbound and a northbound oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. subsection. And the funny thing is that I ended up getting an FKT out of that anyways, because the northbound FKT was actually my run from like two weeks before. <laughs> That's awesome. Where I'd, where I'd run like 349, I think. Wow, um, crazy. Yeah, so you got, at least you got something out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. It was a great time. And I, I feel like at least for me, I did what I set out to do, which was, you know, uh, have a fantastic run above treeline in like super bizarre winter conditions. I'm curious. And bring the dog along. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, like these numbers keep dropping, not not by huge leaps like they, they used to. Now it's like minutes <laughs> rather than, you know, sometimes you'd see like a 10 minute drop and that's pretty rare now. How far do you think the numbers can drop on the, tra- the Prezi Traverse? Like, do you think we'll get below three someday? Yes. What? <laughs> I, I will. I That's will, way too I quick of an prophes- answer. <laughs> uh, my 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 prophecy is that somebody will go sub three on the Prezi Traverse, and it will happen in the winter. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, but they'll have to stick to the trail to get that to get their name on the FKT. Yes. yes. <laughs> I can't um, even wrap my head around that. I'd still be tying my shoes at the car, you know, put my socks on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I I, uh, I sort of screwed that part up. I uh, just you you reminded me. Uh, I did not tie my shoes well enough before running this. I was Step just one: like tie really... your shoes. I mean, I did tie them. They they stayed tied, but they weren't tight enough. And so, actually, the final descent just sort of uh, was very bad for my big toenails. <laughs> oh no. They... They had they hadn't been cut in too long either. I was like limping for three or four oh. days because my toenails hurt, which is like not, which is actually not a race recovery issue I've ever experienced before. Really? Hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, the, the toenail damage from that like really fast descent. I mean, running like six forty five pace down Valleyway oh, in the man. snow is like is. <laughs> uh, and it's also it's different than like summer descents in the mountains where you know again you have like flat sort of stair step yeah. descent in the winter you have like this ramp so your your shoe you know your yeah, foot it's just slides getting forward, jammed forward yeah. yeah yeah so what did you wear for shoes for this uh, i had a pair of innovate rocklight 290s uh that i actually so I took a pair of, uh, not micro spikes, but a, like a different brand of spikes that I actually screwed them straight into the bottom of the shoes. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask about traction. Um, so you actually dismantled your micro spikes or whatever they are and screwed them directly to your shoe. Yeah, I should have brought props. I have them in the other room if you want me to run and go get them. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I screwed them straight into the shoe wow. and uh, then also added some little extra uh, studs just also straight into the shoe. See, I've always um, I've always done the uh, old uh, sheet metal screws in the bottom of the shoes, but I feel like the Prezi is just a little bit too much for that 
you need proper or actual real spikes. Yeah, that was sort of my thought too. You want proper spikes, but at the same time, like a standard pair of micro spikes is like almost a pound between both both of them. And that's going to really slow you down on the uphills. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the, the the version that I put together ended up being, I think, a, about 35 grams per shoe. Wow. So it probably, uh, probably helped a lot to have that reduced shoe weight going uphill. Yeah, it's patent pending. You heard it here first. Uh, ben Thompson's uh, <laughs> ice shoes. He'll modify any <laughs> shoe that you have. <laughs> they're they're sort of impractical because like you want to cross the parking lot beforehand. You're sort of dancing to like you know not scrape up your your spikes. <laughs> <laughs> did did you at any time during this effort have like a point of like you know we call it bonking in the in the running world or did everything just feel pretty solid that day? I feel like sort of the middle third, I was like low energy. I don't think I slowed down that much, but I feel like I could have pushed a little harder in that section. I mean, it's 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 not, you know, we're not talking like a hundred mile race kind of ultra where like, I mean, I, I've never done a hundred, but I've done like 70 and, you know, that running that far, you have like big ups and big downs, at least I do. Yeah. And, for something that's three and a half hours, I think I've I've worked on sort of the race execution to the point where like I'm normally pretty steady, and it's uh, it's something I know how to do, and I can eat enough. I mean, I just have to force myself to eat enough. I don't want to eat when I'm running at that kind of pace, but uh, yeah, I, I think I could have put in a little bit more effort in sort of the the middle third there, like going up Jefferson. I felt sort of. I don't know. I didn't feel like awful and bonking, but I got to the top and I was like, huh, I probably should have worked harder there. <laughs> <laughs> like you felt too refreshed at the top. Like, oh, I had a little bit of the more, more in the tank back there. I should have hit the gas. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like going up Madison, I was still sort of able to, uh, push pretty hard and i was like yeah you know maybe that's good maybe that means i paced it well on the other hand maybe it means i left a little bit out there <laughs> so and I, I feel like the, the the funny thing about these mountain runs is like the uphill and the downhill are such different muscle groups and like sort of almost entirely different capabilities not not completely but uh that like I don't need to save anything. Like if I get to the last summit and it's only, it's, you know, three and a half, four miles downhill from there, I don't need to save anything for after that summit because I'm just sort of naturally entering a different mode and yeah. like the downhill. Okay. Like I can handle this even if I'm like flat out dead at the summit. Yeah. I've, I've run with you a couple of times and you can definitely handle the downhills. <laughs> yeah. You're like a little, it's like a, uh, uh, I don't know. You, you just kind of float downhill where I, I like to call it stumbling with style. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm very, uh, I look like a puppet kind of falling down a hill where you just kind of float. It's quite, it's really, really quite amazing. So I think that's your, it, would you say that's your strength in terms of like where you get your speed from is a lot of the downhill work. I think that I've been working on the uphill stuff for the last like three or four years and I've gotten a lot faster in that domain. Mm. The downhill stuff sort of came a little bit naturally. I think, I think it partly might be just a history of soccer. Like I played soccer oh, all, yeah. all through being a kid. I didn't actually become a runner until I was 20. Um, I mean, obviously I ran a lot. It's like <laughs> a part of other sports and stuff but yeah. never sort of i didn't like go out for a run and i think like the the sort of footwork and sort of uh fine motor control with your feet from soccer might have transferred over some but then i also did a lot i also did and still do a lot of like very intentional downhill practice i think one thing that i would like strongly recommend is sort of downhill strides people talk about strides as like a great way to work on uh like neuromuscular coordination and speed 
I think it applies downhill just as much as it does flat or uphill. Mm. It's a little more risky because you have to like keep the mental focus. But essentially what I go for is like maybe five by 20 seconds where I just try to like get super focused for that downhill stretch and go faster than I would normally be comfortable with. And yeah. like after a month or two of doing this, it turns out that like what is comfortable sort of slowly gets faster, even just from a little bit of practice like that. Yeah, I think it helps that you've got the fells so close by too, because it's, it can get pretty rugged in there for, you know, short downhill. Uh, the Wright's Tower Descent, you can do that like a hundred times and probably get, feel a little bit more confident in your footing for uh, bigger adventures. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think for downhill, like, you know, you don't need a long stretch to really get up to speed and sort of work your technical footwork. You just need a 50 foot or 100 foot descent. And there are tons of those in the fells. I mean, the rock circuit trail is just a, oh, it's gnarly. It's just a bonanza. <laughs> like, uh, until I moved like right near the fells, every time I ran the rock circuit trail, I would come out of it with some kind of mild damage. <laughs> <laughs> and now like I, I think just living right next to it i've sort of doing this kind of terrain a lot more and just i think my rate of damage on the rock circuit is down from like one one for one to like one for ten or so so that's been a big improvement nice 90 percent improvement that's pretty good yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey I'm, I'm curious um you mentioned that you did you haven't run a hundred mile race um is racing like even in the cards anymore or do you mainly kind of focus on fkts and training for those rather than actual like structured events i think i'll keep doing plenty of races i mean i have i'm signed up for the chikora race in oh June, nice which yeah, i'm I thought pretty, about that. pretty excited about did you do yeah, that did you do uh, that the uh, inaugural year it was that 2019 I haven't done that before, so I'm really excited about it. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think race. there's there's been this this set of like new sort of New England mountain races that are popping up, which I'm really excited about. I mean, it used to be like there just there were plenty of races, but they weren't in you know mountainous technical terrain, and I think that's it's just really fun to move fast in that kind of place and i think that the 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 races in this category like hit the same sort of thing that i like to get out of the fkts yeah um another one that i've done a lot in the past that i think i'd, I'd love to do again is the wapak race yeah that's um, one of my favorites I, I i really love that race it's a good time i wish i, I was signed up last year and they had to cancel it and it, i think they yeah they canceled this year too Right. Yep. Yeah. Got it. They canceled months, months ago on that. That's it. That's one of my favorites. Just like the vibe there. Everyone's so, I don't know. There's definitely like an atmosphere to that, yeah. to that event. And that trail's great too. And I really like that it's point to point. Like they bus you to the other end and then you get to run all the way back. Oh yeah. The 21 or, or you can do the 50. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I did the 43. That's the one I, I that's okay, the out yeah. and back. Cause the, um, the 50 it's, you go out and back and then you have to turn around one more time and go back over and then come back again to get up to that uh, 50 mile mark from 43. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. I think it has like, you know, if, if you consider doing the 43 as like dropping out of the 50, the 50 <laughs> has just like one of the highest dropout rates of any 50 miler in the country because you yep. literally get to the finish line at 43 <laughs> miles and you just have to turn around and leave again. And it's yeah. just nuts. I, I did that one twice and I, I did the 50 once and the uh, the next year I managed to get to 43 but I like <laughs> I did not That's what I I, I did but... too. I, I dropped out of the 50 because I I saw my car. I I like I'm at the finish line. My car's right there. You tell me I have to go back in there and do it do one more hill repeat. I was like no. I'm I'm good. And there's there's the guy making like the chili with Fritos in it on the stove right yeah. at the finish line. Like, yeah, how they, do you, they should have a different. They should have a different like uh, route for the fifty where you like uh, take a different trail down to a different trailhead and then turn around and like go back over, just because that's so tempting. Although it is a good test of like mental fortitude when you get to that uh, to the forty three mile mark. 
if you can you should be able to like sign a sign a waiver beforehand that like says that you're okay with them like using a cattle prod to get you back out of the starting <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they don't. They definitely. Go, go. They don't make it. They don't make it hard uh, to quit. Like I remember Chris Agbay, the race director. He was like, "Yeah, man, you did a great job. You can call it here." And I was just like, uh, <laughs> I, w- "I wish you told me to go back in. I must really look like crap right now." But he was uh, very nice about it. Uh, so uh, I've got you. I've got you here for forty-five minutes. So let's let's talk about what's next for Ben Thompson. Do you have? Do you, I mean maybe you don't want to reveal any secrets but are you like um i myself i go on ultra sign up and i'm like oh yeah that looks good i can only imagine you're on the fkt board doing the exact same thing with with other fkts do you look outside of new england or are you mainly trying to stay close to home yeah i don't have any particular plans at the moment i've just i've actually sort of over the last month since i ran the prezi I think that's been my lowest mileage month since like 2015. (laughs) So uh, I'm sort of on a like rest and recovery streak at the moment. Nice. That's good. Um, Though though I think I'm I'm ramping it back up now. I don't want to get too far away from the running because I don't know. The the dog needs her workout. That is Um, important. uh, But yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. I think... I would be I would definitely be interested in trying some of the New England routes again. It would be uh I think one that I would really enjoy giving a hard shot at is actually over in the Catskills, the Devil's Path. Oh, I've yeah. done on sections of that and it's just a super fun trail and it's like a little bit of a different sort of thing than the whites. It's like this it's like this flat, sheety shale and sandstone that like gives a different feel to it and it's I don't know, there are these super steep drops and then, you know, you sometimes get this sort of flat plateau on the top of a couple of the mountains and I don't know, it's just a different place. Um, yeah, I feel like most of most of my thoughts as far as racing are very focused on New England. I don't think, um, I don't think I'm ever going to be sort of one of these people who like, roams the like u.s super competitive races <laughs> and like flies around the world i you know I, i'm never going to be a professional runner of any sort it's it's uh it's a very fun thing to do and i like being competitive about it but it's it's very much a hobby and like uh a thing that i i just you know a passion. The dog needs to get tired. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I'm I'm curious. Um, so this is probably late in the conversation to ask, but what got you like phase one? You're you're I don't know, probably just casually trail running, maybe entered a few races, and then at at a certain point you're like, I could probably get you know, give a shot at some of these hard FKTs. When when did that switch flip? Yeah, so Let's let's back up to the first part of that. You said like, uh, you know, I'm casually trail running. The the weird thing is that I went from not being a runner to being an ultra runner, which is a really bad thing to do, and I do not recommend to anybody. <laughs> I basically I started hiking a lot in like 2010 or so, and I mean I was pretty fit from like cycling and from soccer and stuff, and so I realized like, oh, I could go further. But at some point, like, you can't really go further unless you start going faster, at least within a day. Yeah. So I started running a little bit. But the trouble is, like, oh, you run a little bit as part of, like, a 10-hour hike. Well, that sort of starts feeling a little bit more like an ultra. (laughs) And the, like, silly thing about this is if you start going from, like, not being a runner to being an ultra runner, you get injured. You get really badly injured repeatedly for many years. Yeah. So basically from like 20 to 2010 to 2013, I was just a ball of injuries. <laughs> and <laughs> Nice. <laughs> uh, and it sort of all started like working out a little better in 2013 and 2014 when I got very focused on work and I like had no time to do anything anymore. And I just sort of went for my hour run every day. And like that just sort of, made me back off and like do a sustainable level of running that turned out to like both be very effective for training and also just sort of 
build like some injury resilience. Mm. Um, and so I guess I sort of started ramping that up a little bit more in like 2015, 2016. And the, that year in 2016 was where I realized like, oh, hey, I could be kind of competitive at this stuff. I went and I won the, the WAPAC 21 mile race. And then promptly about a month later, just completely destroyed my right ankle to the point where I like couldn't run for three months. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, so I sort of had this like, oh, I, I'm going to get really fast. Oh, crap. I have to sit on my butt for three months. <laughs> and, Ouch. And so then I sort of all, did that all again in 2017. And like uh, that summer, actually, I was uh i was actually going to join brandon newbold and like join him for like the first half of a prezi fkt attempt he was going to do i i thought for sure he was going to like massively destroy the time this guy's a fantastic runner like i don't know like 220 marathoner yeah um but then he i think he had some conflict or some injury i forget exactly what it was and so he couldn't make it and i was like oh i'm gonna go do the prezi anyways and i sort of initially i was like oh, i'm just gonna go out for a chill run but uh then i decided oh actually this first climb i'll push the first climb like you know at a sustainable but hard pace and I got to the top and I was like, oh, I'm only like a minute and a half behind FKT pace. Maybe I should go for it. <laughs> and so I went for it and actually managed to set the Prezi FKT that year, which was much slower than it is now. It was like 429. That's crazy. Uh, That's dropped by an hour from then. That's wild. Yeah. 2017, when I said it, it was 429. And now 332, though not technically, 342 is the official time. Yeah. That's a substantial um, drop though. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think so that, that is? Do sort you, of my, like, just, just curious. Why know. do you think, why do you think the drop, do you think that's evolution or do you think that's more people getting into the sport and seeing these, you know, FKT options? I think it's a few things. I think one of it is more, more people, more talent. I think another is more intentional effort. Yeah. I mean, I know Jordan, like very intentionally trained for the Prezi and like that was his goal for months. That was the same thing that I did this winter. Like that was sort of my target. Um, hmm. I think there's I think there's also some sort of uh, I think there's also just sort of a competitive aspect like when somebody goes faster other people realize <laughs> that it's like you know they need to push themselves a little harder like like several times I mean I I think 429 was the best I possibly could have like that was an excellent race execution that was like the best I possibly could have done in 2017. Yeah. I've gotten a lot faster since then and that sort of happened partially because like people go out and run these routes and I'm like dang <laughs> I think I could come close but like I'm not quite there like you know, uh, before Jordan ran 342, the Prezi was, I think the FKT was like 404. And I was sitting there like, oh, maybe I could run 410, but like, I'm going to have to push to go like 404. And so I was sort of thinking about training for like a sub four Prezi. And then Jordan goes and runs 342. And I'm like, oh, well, that's out of reach for now. <laughs> then like sort of trained for other things, but then came back to it in like a year and a half. Like, oh, hey, maybe actually that's not out of reach anymore. Um, hmm. And I think a lot, I, we, we talked before about like the uphill downhill stuff. For me, at least almost all of this improvement is coming on the uphills. It's just, I think that's just been my sort of room for improvement. Yeah, and that's just improving your cardio at that point, right? It's just a uphill treadmill, basically. Uh, I would contest that. So at least for me this year, I think the big thing that really paid off was like very uh, a couple very speed and strength focused training blocks. So I actually like decided to back off of everything and train intentionally for a mile. And uh, 
I think that kind of like efficiency at speed actually translates quite well to efficiency at slower speeds. Hmm. This seems to be sort of a consistent theme amongst like research and running coaches that like building this sort of running economy is one of the better long-term ways to sort of build build your efficiency and uh, both flat and uphill speed. So in a in a uh, in a training week leading up to say let's say a, a peak training week prior to this attempt, what would that week look like? Like how many long runs yeah, versus so, short runs? Yeah. So so to sort of fast forward, I mentioned this like speed section. I like in sort of uh, September, October, November, I was really focused on like doing lots of fast intervals. And then I sort of started transitioning that into longer, longer training uh, efforts, uh, more sort of tempo efforts, and then like getting into what you're talking about, like this peak training for the Prezi. A lot of what I was doing was like once a week, I would do uh, a very sustained section uh, at uh, on like hilly terrain at essentially aerobic threshold so i would like aim for for me like a heart rate of like 155 to 160 which is sort of like the kind of thing that i could sustain for maybe four hours in like a race setting and then i would do that for like i think in my peak training day like i did that for about two hours um then with like you know a bunch of easy running on either side so make pulling that all out into like maybe a three and a half hour run. Um, I never these, went these are mainly uh, long. These are mainly trail runs though. Like you, do you ever hit the road? Yeah. So I think, I think sort of breaking it up into these blocks where like back in the fall, I was doing a bunch of speed stuff. That was definitely some of that was actually on a track. Then like moving towards March, it was almost all on trails and ideally on mountains. I tried to get up to like up to New Hampshire or uh, I went over to like the Wapak area or Wachusett. Um, I did a fun run at Wachusett where I just like basically lapped the mountain from every different <laughs> every different trail that goes up it. Um, I think I've seen somebody would... else do that. Uh, Phil, Phil Karsha. Um, I think he did something where he calls it like the Wachusett quad or something. And there, it's like 40 miles and you do like a butterfly shape in trails. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess I went up Wachusett like four times, but it wasn't 40 miles. Uh, I'm probably, like yeah, I'm probably so. wrong on mileage, but it was, <laughs> it was a lot of gain. It was a lot of vertical gain for a relatively yeah, small so I think amount. I think it was just was sort of this uh, trying to, build sustained and that last sort of training phase it was sort of trying to build sustained high paces on uphill terrain gotcha i didn't worry about the downhill too much just because that's sort of always been something that has gone okay but i did do a couple runs where i just hammered the downhills i mean uh in training for the prezi i actually attempted and successfully also set the Franconia Ridge Loop FTT. <laughs> Just pick that which, up in your spare uh, time. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of like the, it's the other one in the whites that you can do in the winter. Like yeah. most of the white mountain routes are not going to be competitive in the winter because they're just, you know, you try to run the PEMI in the winter. Yeah. That's it, tough. I I've done it. It took 19 hours at like a hard effort. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Um, you're, you know, that's like a mile and a half an hour, and I was like with my friend Tim, and we were going at a pretty, pretty decent effort level. <laughs> um, it's just most of these routes are not the kind of thing that get enough traffic and enough like wind, wind swept above treeline terrain to actually go fast in the winter. I think it's really only the Prezi and the Franconia Ridge Loop that are sort of potentially competitive in the winter. Yeah, even Franconia Ridge would be tough because um, like uh, uh, falling waters could be a foot of snow if you get there at the wrong time on the wrong day, even though there is a lot of traffic there. Um, I feel like that isn't it isn't as fast as something that like the Prezi Traverse, but it's still pretty quick. 
I can't believe where that's that's at like an hour and a half now, right? That's like an hour and nineteen minutes or something. <laughs> the FKT. I think I think one twenty nine. Wow, that's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are nuts. All right, Ben, I've had you on for for an hour now, so I think we can wrap it up there. I, I appreciate you um, sharing your insight on this, and uh, you know, three three thirty two was it? Was your time? Yeah, that, that's right. Thanks, I'll, thanks, Dave. I'll still you're, I'll still call that man. I'll still call that an FKT in my book. I'll put it on on this podcast. This is the official FKT uh, Chase the Summit episode. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to create any fights. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you do that. You, you can say whatever you want, Dave. All right. Uh, where can Where can people find you on the internet if you want to share that? Uh, I think uh, the main social media presence is actually my dog's Instagram, <laughs> wish dog with two G's. Um, and over on the I FKT also have, like, forum. A prof- yeah, that's true. Um, I also have a, a Strava that you're welcome to, you know, I, I love, I use Strava pretty heavily. Um, and then I have like a professional website, but that's sort of not what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, Thanks, Ben. I appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to seeing what pops up next on the FKT board with your name on it because i'm sure something will soon um but thanks for carving out this time in your day to join me uh it's been really fun good conversation thanks a lot yeah thank you dave this is great